And now, the NBC Radio Network presents, in conjunction with Seattle Glass Bottle Company and their sister company, Seattle Liquids, a Marty Crane and Hester Palmer mystery in two acts. Death comes to Dukes. 3 a.m., Seattle. Officers have been called to the scene of a murder at Dukes, a local rough-and-tumble bar. The victim? A pretty young waitress. The killer? Still unknown. But Seattle's PD's on the case with a visitor in tow. I need the fingerprint team in here stat, and a backup patrol setting a perimeter around the neighborhood. And get that outline finished, but don't get chalk on the body. I don't want that weird coroner yelling at me again. And someone turn that damn jukebox off. Ah, jeez. Shelby, throw down some mouse traps. We got rats. Uh, Chief. Oh, and everyone, this is Dr. Hester Palmer. She just moved here from Boston. She's a behavioral psychologist. She'll be consulting on future homicide investigations. She clearly thinks she's better than most people, but I'm hoping she'll learn a thing or two about herself and the human condition. Let's give her a warm Seattle welcome. Yeesh, Shelby, mousetraps. Thank you for that lovely introduction, Chief Wojciechowski. And I assume this is the victim? No, this is Rita Hayworth. She stopped by to take a nap on the floor. Enough, Shelby. Yes, her name is Rosemary Murphy, 23 years young. She was a waitress here, and she was closing up shop when she was killed. By strangulation. There was one other waitress on duty, but she was occupied elsewhere at the time of the murder. What about the owner? We're holding him for questioning in the back. Oh, no. Crane, you're 20 minutes late. And kicking snow into an active crime scene. Sorry, Chief, I was... Enough excuses. I've got half a mind to... Uh, sir? What? Really? 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 Excuse me. Shelby just told me something very important. Oh, boy. Hate to get calls like these, especially around Christmas. My, this waitress is quite fashionable. I believe that's a Christian Dior cocktail dress she's wearing. And look at the indentations on her neck, those deep, even grooves. Some kind of rope or chain. Chain's too heavy, rope's too coarse. Small indents like this, probably a necklace. Jewels, maybe, or... Pearls? That'd do it. I'm Dr. Hester Palmer, behavioral psychologist. Are you in homicide? Uh, Marty Crane. Say, did you see this blood? I almost missed it. There's only a few drops. Do you think it came from the neck wound? Doesn't look like there's been any cuts on her. Oh, Chief Wojciechowski, Detective Crane and I have surmised something very interesting. It appears the victim was strangled by a pearl necklace. And what's more... Detective Crane? Who's Detective Crane? I know an Officer Crane who's lucky to still have a job after another tardy. You told me you were a detective. I never said I was a detective. I didn't say I wasn't. Besides, Chief, what she said is true. It looks like this woman was strangled by... Pearls, yes, we know. We found them in the pocket of the man who did it. The man who owns the bar. Your old pale Duke. Duke? He's a piece of work, sure, but he isn't a killer. Evidence says otherwise. Plus, we found him at the scene of the crime. But how do you explain the blood? It's a murder. There's blood. It seems straightforward enough to me. Hey, hey, watch it, pal. I know my rights. I have the right to remain silent. Yeah, and I suggest you use it. I never would have killed her. I don't kill my employees. Or anyone. Oh, Marty, please, you gotta help me. Duke. Fix this money! Now everyone go home. Case closed. Crane, you're on cleanup duty. So do your duty and clean up. Dr. Palmer, if you'd like to come with us. Thank you, Chief. Officer Crane. Ah, rats. 
The suspect is ready for you in interrogation room too, Officer Crane. Thanks, Miller. Hey, by the way, how's your mom doing? Not great. The doctor cut off her foot. Oh, that's horrible. I thought she had the flu. She did. We're pretty angry at that doctor. Anyway, I'll leave you to it. Marty, Marty, thank God you gotta get me out of here. I'm not made for jail. You know they make you sleep in the same room where you poop? Like a goddamn horse, Marty. I'm doing all I can, Duke, but you gotta realize, this looks real bad for you. I have the name of a very good podiatric malpractice attorney, Miller. Remind me later. All right. Well, well, if it isn't the famous Duke. I was just at your bar. Oh, uh, did you try the tossed salad? We do a surprisingly fresh toss. No, I'm afraid food wasn't being served. Something about a dead body being a health code violation? <laughs> yeah, 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 it is. Officer Crane, may I speak to you for a moment in private? Sure. Duke, put your hands over your ears and hum a tune for a minute. How is your presence here not a conflict of interest? Nobody's interested enough to be conflicted about I was asked to evaluate his psychological state. I can't do that effectively with you in the room. Except you have to. You can't interrogate a suspect without proper police supervision. Besides, it's just a misunderstanding. He'll be out by the end of the day. That laissez-faire attitude is both unprofessional and disrespectful. A human life has been dramatically snuffed out, and I find you chuckling over war stories with the primary suspect, and for the love of God, will you Stop with that annoying song! I'll have this up with the chief later. Now then, I just need to take a few notes to get a sense of your mental state, Mr... Actually, is Duke your first or your last name? Can't tell you. It's part of my mystique. Uses misdirection to mask true feelings. No, I don't. Clearly in denial. This is just another cop trick. You all want me behind bars. Paranoid tendency. This is the worst day of my life. Prone to hyperbole. Prone to innocence? I'm the victim here, lady. Rosemary's been taking money from my bar for months. Now, Duke... You think the victim was stealing from you? Oh, yeah. And I didn't pay her nearly enough to dress that fancy. Heck, I barely didn't pay her at all. She was working for tips and two free beers a month. Only redeemable on weekdays. But you stole the pearls from her. No, uh, I found the dead body with pearls scattered around it. If some scatter on the floor, it's rightfully mine. Them sailor rules. Mr. Duke, this all just sounds like one big motive to me. I got motives for all sorts of crimes, but did I kill her? No, no, of course not. I couldn't hurt a fly unless the president asked me to in a wartime situation. Then where were you the night of the crime? I was uh, 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 with the friend. And then I came back to the bar and I found the girl. Would you care to tell us your friend's name so we can confirm your story? I would not care to divulge that information at this time, delicate as it is. Delicate as it is. Is there any information you can tell me that isn't delicate? Yeah. If you let me go, I could show you how grateful I am with some kissing. <laughs> Miller? Yes, ma'am. Take this man back to his holding cell. He's being vile and obtuse. Yes, ma'am. Out of the chair, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way, if your mom's looking for a new foot, I know a guy who can get you one for half of what you normally pay. Wow. Clearly he's hiding something. His alibi is that he was with an unnamed friend doing unspecified things. I don't know. What, would you want to tell the police every little thing you were doing while a murder was taking place? Yes. It just doesn't add up. But his eye contact, his body language, he's telling the truth. I'm glad you believe me, but if we want to get to the bottom of this, some good old-fashioned police work might be in order. Let's head to Duke's. Duke's is still open? Duke's never turns off its lights. Mostly because the light switch broke off a few months ago and they weren't sure how to fix it. Besides, I could use a drink. As could I. How extensive is their wine list? Ah, jeez. Jeez. 
Marty Crane as I live and drink. Hey, Barry, is Nancy working? I've got a beer in front of me and a smile on my face, don't I? You on a date? <laughs> You're a very funny man, sir. A regular Milton Burl. Marty! Hey, Nancy. Get your drink? Valentine, if you would. Some for you, lady? Sherry, please. All right, Sherry, you want something to drink? Uh, just a glass of water is fine. In your cleanest glass. Fun friend you got here, Marty. Don't mind Hester, she's new in town. Just flew in from Boston. Oh, yeah? I have a brother in Boston. Really? What part of town does he live in? I don't know. What part of town is the prison? Asked and answered. Nance, you were working last night when Rosemary was killed, right? Hey, hey, keep it down, why don't you? Sure, a girl's dead, but I don't want this place getting a bad reputation. Oh, heck, the rats are back. Lady, you got high heels. Do me a favor and try to step on a few of them. Get them in the neck. I will do no such thing. Those red-eyed vermin finally chewed their way through the drywall we plastered over their rat's nest last night. Took me an hour and a half to wrangle them out into the alley. I come back in and find Rosemary face down on the floor, Duke standing over her, holding her pearls. So you were the one that called the police? Yeah, and honestly, good riddance to both of them. Rosemary was a short-tempered, self-entitled brat who thought she was God's gift to waitressing, which I should know, I'm the same way. And Duke, as we all know, is just a grade-A goon, as bad at business as he is at clipping his nose hairs. Was there anyone else here who could corroborate your story? Nah. One of Rosemary's old regulars was still here when I left, but he was gone when I came back. He got a name? Uh, William something? Kind of plain looking. Shock of white hair, big wrinkly neck that looks like a couple of slices of bread stacked together, one of those mustaches that wraps around your cheeks and connects to his mutton chops, always wears a four-piece suit and shiny shoes with those, uh, you know, those white things on them. Spats? Yeah, spats. Like I said, kind of an average Joe. Wait a minute. Hear me today, Seattle Gazette over there. Is this him? Oh, hey, that is him. Must be a slow news week if they're doing articles on local drunks. This isn't a drunk. This is William Fitzgerald, publisher and editor-in-chief of the Seattle Chronicle. Our families used to summer together. His daughter Evelyn and I were part of the same birdwatching cabal. You sure that's him, Nance? He seems a little hoity-toity to be hanging down here with the likes of us. Oh, I'm sure. He came in all the time, always asked for Rosemary. Used to just sit there for hours drinking and crying and drinking some more. Honestly, I think he was in love with her. Left of these crazy tips. Not even money. He was given her paintings and clothes and ugh. He even gave it this horrible jewel-encrusted egg one time. Like what poor chicken had to eat jewels to poop that thing out, huh? Uh, Hester, you think you could pull a few strings with your old pals and get us in to see this guy? Oh sure, networking is one of our primary languages. Thanks for the tip, Nance. Hey, by the way, is that a new outfit? Yeah, I thought it'd be nice if we started doing uniforms around here and make this place feel a little friendlier. Barry, if you broke a single one of my glasses, I'm gonna break every single bone in your big fat body! Thank you, dear. We'll just make ourselves at home. That was amazing! I never thought Fitzgerald's secretary would let us waltz right into his office. Oh, we Kappa Alpha Theta girls always look out for each other. My, isn't this office lovely? Gives me the creeps. Leather wingback chairs, crystal snifters, giant paintings of grumpy old men. You high society folks can be really spooky. Yes, well, William Fitzgerald is high society to us high society folks, so let's be on our best behavior. Good lord, I can't believe I didn't notice before. How did you tie your tie? The same way I've been tying it since I enlisted. A four-in-hand knot. 
We're a far cry away from a boot camp inspection. A half Windsor would be more appropriate. A what? Oh, let me. Hey, Hester, come on. Jeez. Oh, How many loops does one not need? There. Now don't you look absolutely Beaumont. Just promise me you won't tell the guys at the precinct about this. Now this vision of intellect and sophistication can't be Niles Palmer's precocious daughter. Mr. Fitzgerald, it is so nice to see you. Who's he with? His daughter, Evelyn. I loathe her sham pleasantries. Evelyn Fitzgerald, why it's been far too long. Oh, why, Hester, I haven't seen you since the, the Okra Point, Point Regatta. <laughs> and who's your friend? Ah, Officer Marty Crane. Crane, is it? Always a pleasure when the boys in blue come calling. Come, sit. Evelyn, darling, do you work here? Yes, I'm the vice president of publishing. Nepotism at its finest. You look wonderful. Even if that is last season's Chanel. Oh, thank you. And those elbow-length gloves on a Tuesday, how cheeky. <laughs> we really should catch up sometime. I was about to suggest the same thing. Lunch? Let's. Then, then it's, it's settled. settled. <laughs> <laughs> what brings you in today, dear Hester? Oh, well, actually, this isn't quite a social call. We're investigating the murder of a young woman that occurred last night at a local dive named Dukes. A witness identified you as a frequent customer. Yes, I was a regular at Dukes. I was there that night and every other night this week. You see, in business, you meet with clients in unusual places. I had been brokering a deal with a trucking company, and that was their regular haunt. After the deal went through, well, I, I just kept going back. It was so nice to have a place where absolutely nobody knew my name. Being a man of the people. Not having my tie tied so tightly. Jeez. <clears throat> oh, and were you familiar with the victim, Rosemary Murphy? Yes. She knew who I was, yet she still treated me like an average Joseph. I find the sudden taste for anonymity very interesting for a man who prints his name in big bold letters at the top of every newspaper in the city. Hester? Why is that pertinent? It doesn't pass psychological muster, that's why it's pertinent. I think something else is going on. <clears throat> Hester. If you're suggesting anything improper, Hester, I would reconsider. Evelyn, a woman is dead, and this dive bar waitress who was friendly with your wealthy father all of a sudden found herself inundated with valuable jewelry and designer clothes. Doesn't that seem like an odd coincidence? Hester! I beg your pardon, my father is a happily married man. Please, everyone in our circles has heard the tawdry stories about your family. <gasps> Enough! Evelyn, please show Officer Crane and Dr. Palmer out. What the heck was all that about? He clearly wasn't telling us everything. Doesn't mean you go yelling accusations at him. That's the quickest way to get a whole case thrown out. Maybe I pushed too hard, but I know these people. I am these people. We hate confrontation. It unnerves us. Could have fooled me. I wanted to knock him off balance, get him to show a little human emotion. I mean, it, it's not a bad strategy, but if we're going to be partners, you got to clue me in on these things. Partners? Is that what we are now? Don't go getting intrigued on me. I just mean if... We're going to be traveling together to investigate things alongside one another. If, if I ever want to make detective, I need to be able to handle cases on my own. Collaboration isn't a weakness, Martin. Oftentimes, outside viewpoints allow us to achieve greater clarity in our own thinking. Well, allow me to bring some clarity to your thinking. I don't care. Oh, you're impossible to talk to. Then allow me to save us the trouble. I'm going to put on the radio, and we get to sit here in peace and quiet. And radio. Welcome back to the Rainiers versus Beavers here on KACL. Next at bat is George Kell, and he's coming up to the plate with a disagreeable look in his eye. Here comes the pitch, and it's a... 
Turn it back to the game! I want to hear if he got the hint. Classical music is nourishment for the brain. It'll help us get in a crime-solving mode. <gasps> Look out! I can't concentrate with this racket. I get too wrapped up trying to guess which instruments are going to jump in next. There are no rules! Fine. Just take us back to the station and listen to your baseball. Coming up to the plate, number 90, Wilbur Burr. Pierce is sizing him up, and here's the pitch. Strike one, Crane, was your constant tardiness and inattention to detail. Strike two was that childish prank that ended with Lieutenant Shelby waking up hungover in the morgue. And strike three was harassing the richest man in town with nothing but a head full of conjecture. Chief, come on, isn't it a little weird that a newspaper baron drinks in a bar that holds its pipes together with duct tape? I don't care if he drinks there. I don't care if he brings in a big band and serenades everyone with Perry Como songs. And frankly, I'm having a hard time understanding why you're even bothering with this case. It's over. We have our man. Duke didn't do it. And the millionaire who donated a fleet of new squad cars did? I don't know, but I know that Duke didn't do it. Got any evidence? Just a feeling. Oh, great. A feeling. You're a real crack-up. A real mutant burl. Chief, please, aside from this baffling loyalty to Duke, Officer Crane brings up some valid points. What was Fitzgerald doing at that bar? I'd watch your words very carefully, Dr. Palmer. You might not have struck out like Crane, but you've got a full count. I don't know what that means. It's bad. Now, Crane, your father meant the world to me, and I've always thought that under all that goofing off, there was a great detective in there. But the Fitzgeralds filed a formal complaint against you, I'm afraid. Chief, this case just isn't adding I up. Have what to... about Duke's missing money? What about the blood? Ask you to turn in your badge and gun. <sighs> and your handcuffs. And your billy club. And your keys to the station. And your keys to the jail cells. And your hat. And your tie clip. Uh, did I get your handcuffs? Yeah, they're under there. Now, both of you, get out of my office. Congratulations! Your big yap managed to ruin my entire career. You think your life is ruined? I got a stern reprimand. I've never been reprimanded, stern or otherwise. Oh, I'll be sure to mull over your horrible misfortune with all my new free time. I didn't make you a bad policeman. From what the chief said, you've been doing a fine job of that on your own. You're blaming this on me? You're the one who flew off the handle at Fitzgerald. In my line of work, we call this psychological projection. Instead of taking blame for your own bad behavior and inferior police work, you insist on lashing out at everyone around you. Ah, tell you what! Why don't you go ahead and use that big brain of yours to solve this murder? And why don't you do it by yourself? And why don't you go ahead and do it someplace where I never have to hear your smart mouth ever again? Sounds like a capital idea. Wonderful. See you around, Hest. Is Marty Crane off the case for good? Can Hester solve this case all on her own? Will Rosemary's murderer remain a mystery? Is Duke destined to bartend in the big house? Find out. Right now. All my life I wanted to be on the force. Now that dream was over, all thanks to some harebrained broad from Boston. I couldn't catch a break. As I walked the dark gray streets of Seattle, passing neon sign after neon sign, I kept turning over the clues in my head. What was Fitzgerald hiding? And why? That daughter of his, what a piece of work. And let's not forget Nancy. She hated Rosemary, and she's the only real witness. But what could she gain from killing her? Or you know what? Maybe the chief did it, that jerk. Okay, the chief probably didn't do it. I'm just mad at him for firing me. Stupid chief. I couldn't get any peace of mind, so here I am, back at Duke's. Not looking for clues as Seattle PD, but shooting pool 
as a Johnny plane clothes. Ah, uh, Marty? Who are you talking to? Ah, uh, the eight ball. Okay. Hey, look, that lady shrink is back. Hello, Nancy. Martin. Hester. What's it been? About uh, two hours. You look like you could use a drink, Marty. You got that right. Make it a Ballantine. And I'll have a Behringer Cabernet Sauvignon. What? She'll have a Ballantine, too. My, doesn't Dukes look nice? Nancy's really been classing up the place. She's got this pool table, she cleaned out the draft lines, she even got cushions for the stools. Yeah, and there isn't a dead girl on the floor. I'll go get you drinks. What are you doing down here? I'm questioning a suspect. Who? Nancy? You, actually. You were so sure that Duke didn't commit Rosemary's murder. And Duke said he was with a friend. And then it dawned on me, you're the only friend he has. So Duke's not Mr. Popular, so what? So you're his alibi, and you haven't come forward with this information, so it means you two must have been up to something unsavory that night. Maybe even something illegal. Maybe even something murder. <laughs> what are you talking about? Admit it, Martin. You were with Duke the night of the crime. You hated Rosemary for stealing your friend's money, so you two murdered her. Well, we didn't murder her. We just broke into her apartment. Do uh-huh. uh-huh. Valentines! Now, if you'll excuse me... Hey, Barry! We use coasters now! Martin, I want the full story. Now. All right. Yes. Duke thought Rosemary was stealing money, so he asked me to help him get into her place and find it. And, and what could I do? But breaking and entering unlawful search and seizure? I know, but Duke, I owe him. He saved my ass in Korea. He took a bullet for me, and if he hadn't stolen that Korean's last bullet, I would have gotten shot for sure. Anyway, neither of us killed her. I never thought you did. But I knew you were hiding something, and the best way to get it out of you would be to assault your sense of honor. I do it all the time with my patients. Pretty sneaky, Doc. Promise me you won't tell the chief? Of course I'm going to tell the chief. This is a murder investigation. He needs to know so the real killer can be caught and Duke can go free. Why haven't you said anything? Because I want my job back, and that'll never happen with this on my record. Clearing Duke's name is the right thing to do. I know. That's why I'm investigating the murder on my own. If I can crack this case, the chief will have to give me my job back. Maybe even promote me to detective. You're playing pool. It's part of my process. But it's not working very well, and I can't get anywhere with these silver spoons. They just keep forking me over. You know, if, if, if I had a, a, a partner with, with your particular skills to maybe uh, to, uh, help me along. You said you didn't want a partner. Well, right now, I'm saying... Will you help me? What the hell? I'll drink to that. Mmm. This isn't so bad. Ooh, how pleasantly robust. (laughs) Yeah, they should put that on the side of the can. Come on, let's get out of this dump. I heard that! Here's Rosemary's Place, apartment 22C. The door's all marked off with tape. Are you sure we should be going in? I don't know what you're talking about. As far as I remember, when we got here, the tape was all torn down. And the door was wide open. Now we just need to find something that we can trace back to Fitzgerald, prove they were together. I assume most of these things came from him. This place is magnificent. These beautiful sculptures, hand-woven tapestries. Just look at that piece on the wall. That's an original Arthur Dove painting. Dogs chasing each other. That guy could use a few more painting classes because they just look like a bunch of shapes to me. Now dogs playing poker? That guy knows how to paint a pooch. 
And yet all these treasures are just plopped atop all these otherwise ugly, tasteless- Would you look at this chair? Holy cow! Th look! It reclines and everything! You're sitting in the crime scene! No, I'm immersing myself in the evidence. Oh my gosh, the evidence even has a cup holder! That is by far the most hideous thing I've ever seen, and I've been in the audience at an execution. It's a little rough around the edges, sure, but it has character. Not everything has to be la-di-da. Sometimes, honest workmanship is all you need. Not like this uh, diamond-covered egg she was keeping in the cup holder. <gasps> that egg! It can't be. Let me guess. It's from the Royal Chicken of England or something. If I'm correct, and I nearly always am, you're holding an original Fabergé egg. How did I get so lucky? There are only supposed to be 50 of these in the whole world, and I thought they were in private collections in the Ukraine. Be careful. That egg is worth more than the hand you're holding it with. Hmm. Will you listen to that? There's something rattling around inside the egg. That's impossible. Fabergé eggs are always hollow. Their beauty is filling enough. Well then, guess this ain't a Fabergé egg. <gasps> you... you dropped a treasure of the Tsar! Look here! There was a ring inside. It's got an engraving. You'll always be in my heart. Love, William. Grambled that egg! Hey, relax! Look, this piece right here, it says made in Taiwan. Were there any czars in Taiwan? Of course not. Everyone knows Taiwan was ruled by the Empire of Japan in the early 1900s. <sighs> Thank you. Nothing settles my nerves like recalling historical facts. This ring, though. I don't know much about marriage, but this seems like as engaging a ring as I've ever seen. He must have been planning to surprise her. Sure, I'd be surprised too if I found jewelry in my eggs. This is our smoking gun! We can take this back, shove it in his face, and force him to tell us what he knows! Listen, we need to play this very carefully. One misstep and the whole thing gets thrown out. Let's call ahead to his office and see if he's even there, first of all. He won't be. How do you know? Because there's an opera tonight, and anyone who's anyone never misses an opera. What kind of show is this? You can't even get Cracker Jacks at the snack bar. I'll put in a word with the opera board. And my Martin, you cut quite a figure in a tuxedo. Thank you. A man could get used to wearing one of these, and you look lovely. Oh, I know. Think they'll play White Christmas? It's La Clemenza di Tito. It's Mozart. What? They didn't have White Christmases back then? Martin, there's no talking once the lights go down. Honestly, you're being a very uncouth date. Whoa! Date? Hest, we're just a man and a woman dressed to the nines together at an opera on a covert murder investigation. Besides, if we were on a date, I'd take you someplace a lot more fun than this. Is that right? Oh, sure. Classy girl like you? I'd take you for a walk through Cary Park. Stop and watch the skyline light up. Maybe sneak a bottle of brandy and make a toast to good company. Martin, how downright romantic. This evening's been so revelatory. You look great in a tux, and you've got quite a tender side. I hope we're able to snag the murderer while we're on this roll. Speaking of, I think I see Fitzgerald. Hand me one of those tiny binoculars, will you? Opera glasses. My mistake. Yep, there they are. Fitzgerald and his daughter, peas in a pod, sitting pretty in a private box. We'll have to wait until intermission to corner them. Until then, enjoy DeTito. Should have snuck a bottle of brandy in here for this. I've never heard a more moving amico eco momento. I'm breathless. Well, catch your breath soon. Look who's at the bar. <gasps> Fitzgerald and his detestable daughter. How I hate her. Oh, Evelyn, you look absolutely stunning. Elbow-length gloves at the opera. How expected. Oh, I'd say nice to see you, Hester, but that would be a lie. Likewise. Likewise. And Mr. Fitzgerald. Hester, Mr. Crane. 
What are you two doing here? Just having a night at the theater. No, excuse me. I suddenly have the urge to use the powder room. I'll join you. Hester, wait. I, I Hest? So, uh, listen, Mr. Fitzgerald, I'm sorry about all the hassle. Barkeep, champagne. Oui, monsieur. Crane, what'll you have? Oh, well, uh, that's awfully generous of you, sir. I'll have a ballantine. And a ballantine. Ballantine? Ba- ballantine. I'll see what I can skill up. Now see here, Crane, I accept your apology, but my family doesn't appreciate your unwarranted attention. I keep no secrets from the police. Well, what about this? <gasps> that ring! Where'd you get it? Does it matter? I think the chief might be pretty interested to find out that you had a much more intimate relationship with Rosemary than you let on. And you were there on the night of the murder. Interesting how that little detail stayed out of the press. Your Valentine. All right, Crane. You got me. Thankfully, this will be a weight off my shoulders. You see... Father! I strongly advise you stop talking to this man. Sorry, Martin. She can sprint like a stallion when she wants to avoid someone. If you've said nothing to him, you've already said too much. Come. The final act will be starting any moment. You can't run away from this ring, Evelyn! What on earth? That's right, we have proof now. Proof of an illicit affair. Proof we can take to your mother, the press, the police! Opera voices, please! You two pariahs will do anything to cause a scene, won't you? Well, I'm afraid I have some bad news. My father couldn't have killed that waitress. He left the bar almost an hour before the murder. I drove him home. A likely story. You can verify it with our doorman. Kenny keeps excellent records. This is the first time hearing about this alibi. I brought it up with the police just this morning. You would have known about it if you were still working for the police. Mr. Fitzgerald, please, what did did you want to tell us? Come, Father, we'd better get to our seats. But, sir, please! Ah, they're gone. Should we go back in? I'm in no mood for Mozart. Oh, thank God. Dukes? Please. Hey, 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 be careful with that ice sculpture. You're gonna bang into the Grecian columns, and they're load-bearing! Oh, hey, you two, what'll it be? Valentine. Valentine. Coming right up. There's no way the Fitzgeralds haven't logged a complaint with the chief yet. Just a matter of time before they come haul us down to the station. What are we missing? Fitzgerald was clearly invested in this woman. Uh, Maybe we just have the wrong angle. Those gifts, the paintings, the clothes, even the ring. They were intimate, yes, but they weren't... They weren't, uh, you know... What? Sexual. Oh, Martin, grow up. It's a fine word to say. Sexual. Oh, jeez. The gifts weren't sexual. I get it. I get it. But you're right. The gifts were entirely chaste. Even the clothing was proper. There was no lingerie. Hester, come on. We're in public. Nancy, a moment. What'd you do to Marty, Hest? He's blushing bright enough to guide Santa's sleigh. He'll get over it. Now, you said you saw William and Rosemary together often? They were inseparable. Peas in a pod. Probably boinked right here in the bar. You say probably. Well, sure, I never saw him do it. Come to think of it, I never saw him do anything except talk, but they did plenty of that. Thank you. By the way, this place is looking great. And not a rat in sight. Yeah, we finally plastered over the rat hole in the kitchen. I guess drywall was too easy to break through. Hey, watch the molding, chucklehead! So, we have a sexual affair that's not sexual. Then why would he have given her that ring? Love? Ha <laughs> ha, please. You don't wed the person you're cheating with. It simply isn't done. So does this mean... I think it does. There they are, officers. The two busybodies who won't leave my father and me alone. 
So let's come to this, eh, Crane? Chief, I can explain. Oh, come on now, Marty. Just go with him. We don't need a scene. I'm afraid we have some questions for you, too, miss. You'll never take me alive, you dirty pig! I smell bacon! I smell grease! I smell the Seattle City Police! Oink, oink! Whee! Got some new cellmates to keep you company, Duke. Marty! Angry lady! What are you doing here? Ah, the suspect sort of turned the tables on us, and I kind of got us kicked off the force. Oh, and I thought I was bad at my job. At the risk of using your own foul language, Mr. Duke, your friend put his derriere on the line for you. That kind of loyalty should be commended. Yeah, yeah. Remind me to send you both some cookies from Death Row. One more coming in. Pigs! I manage a business! I'm a person of authority now! Nancy! What, what the hockey sticks are you doing here? Oh, it's a whole thing. They brought me in for routine questioning, and I accidentally confessed to stealing money from the bar for the last six months, and dang it, what? I just did it again! Th that was you? Yeah, you numbskull! The bar was falling apart, fewer people were coming in, which meant fewer tips for me. So I started taking money from the till to pay for a bunch of nice improvements. You mean those new toilets weren't a gift from the Mafia? I don't know how you never noticed. I'm not very subtle, Duke. And I'm not very perceptive. <laughs> I guess that's why we work well together. Ah. I swear to God, one more coming in. We picked up this drunken disorderly downtown. Chief, we have more than one holding cell. Can't you spread it out a little? I requested this cell, young man. Mr. Fitzgerald, you reek of cheap Latour. Are you drunk? <laughs> Very much so. After you came waggling your fingers in my face, it was all I could do to focus on my beloved opera. I got so consternated, I stumbled out during Anio's aria and went crawling the surrounding wine bars like a veritable troglodyte. But I could never escape my secret. Ooh, Chief, come quick! I've already set this revelation as the top headline for tomorrow's paper. But if you want a little sneak peek, I, William Atherberry Fitzgerald, have a daughter. Yeah, I know. I already called her to come pick you up. Not Evelyn. Poor sweet Rosemary Murphy. <gasps> That's why you kept going back to the bar, leaving her all those nice tips. You weren't trying to woo her, you were trying to take care of her. I'd met her mother at the local dressage club. She was the stylist for our beloved mare, Whimsy Knuckles. We were intimate, often in plain view of the horses. And there in the hay, our Rosemary was conceived. Or so I found out when her mother sent me a letter last year, just before she died. Did Rosemary know? I was going to tell her the night she... The night she... Was brutally murdered? Yes, but I had a few too many drinks. Thankfully, Evelyn came to escort me home. How I despise that loathsome, miserable monstrosity in heels. Oh, Evelyn, so good of you to arrive. Why is my father crammed into a cell with all of these urchins? He asked for it, Miss Fitzgerald. And we're trying to be as accommodating as we can, given the <clears throat> troubles our people have been giving you of late. Father? You are embarrassing our good name. Chief Wajabubakaka had to call me away from the opera during the exciting climax. How will I ever know if Sesto is executed for his attempted assassination of Emperor Tito? Oh no, he's not. Emperor Tito shows mercy towards Sesto, as well as Valentina, who confesses to orchestrating the plan as revenge for Tito's deposition of her father, the late Emperor Valentino. <laughs> it's a really good remount. 
Yeah. A anyway, Evelyn, we're glad you're here. Saves us the trouble of having to come arrest you. <laughs> arrest? Me? I'm sorry, civilian crane. You're on the wrong side of these bars to arrest anyone. Au contraire. Chief, get your handcuffs ready. They're in the other room. Then prepare to go quickly to the other room, because that woman there is a murderer. <gasps> and how, pray tell, am I a murderer? We believe most of your story. You came to pick up your father at Duke's, you took him back to your home, and spoke to your wonderful doorman, Kenny. But then we think you went back. Why would I go back to that dump? You went back to take care of a little family business. You knew Rosemary was your half-sister, and clearly your father was working up the nerve to make some less-than-desirable revelations that might have affected, say, a massive inheritance, a company's reputation, everything you've been working toward for years. Evie, wh what are they saying? You knew about Rosemary? <laughs> no, surely not. And even if I had, you have no proof. Well, that's not entirely true. As it so often goes, it was the smallest details that gave you away. A few drops of blood, a hole in the wall. And an unusual slavishness to your elbow-length gloves. Think you can take them off for us, Evelyn? The contents of a woman's gloves are her business. I'm afraid, uh, for reasons I don't fully comprehend yet, uh, I have to insist. <gasps> Fine. Here. Here, you all wanted to see so bad here. <laughs> I have a few unsightly scratches from grabbing the wrong end of a fondue fork, and I've been covering them up with gloves. What does that prove? Those don't look like fork marks. Those look more like tiny little bite marks from the tiny little teeth of some angry little rats. Nancy here said they'd fixed the rat problem, and yet there was a hole in the drywall bigger than even the busiest of rats would have been able to make in such a short time. You broke a hole so the rats could get in, which was the perfect distraction to lure Nancy away while you killed Rosemary. Looks to me like they might have nipped you a few times as a thank you. This is ludicrous. As your little rat bite stripped blood on Duke's floor, you snuck up behind poor Rosemary and strangled her with her own pearls. Oh, pearls she never would have had were they not gifted to her by your father. Sweet Evie, why would you do this? She was family. She had no right to ever think of herself as a Fitzgerald. She was trash, father. Trash with dirt on it, wrapped in garbage. I would normally have the house staff do this chore for me. This time, I decided to take out the trash myself. Well, I gotta go get those handcuffs. You know, Hester, there was a time when you and I were friends. You were always a bully, Evelyn. Always thought you were better than everything. But I've learned recently that being better than everything gets you nowhere. You have to be open to new ways of thinking, new people, new drinks. New drinks? Yes, there's an ale called Ballantine that's positively dreadful, and yet I'm starting to develop a taste for it. All right, lady, hands behind your back. I'm taking you to... Uh, actually, I guess we're already at the jail. All of you in the cell, you're free to go. All right, everybody, all right. In honor of my good friend, Marty. The next round is on the house! Hey! Marty, I can't thank you enough for getting me off. Yeah, thanks a lot. I spend all week making the joint respectable. Nah. Duke's been back an hour, and all he's done is give away free booze. Nah. Well, now, I don't deserve all the credit. It was really Hester who helped us put it together. Thank you, Martin. Well, then thanks to both of you. Hey, while you're at it, can you arrest Duke for something? Cockfighting's illegal, right? Come around here on a Saturday. Yeah, yeah another round 
on the house to keep your waitress nice and occupied. Okay. <laughs> Gotta hand it to you, Crane. You came through on this one. Even though legally you weren't supposed to. Thanks, Chief. In light of everything, the Seattle PD has seen fit to welcome you back onto the force. With a promotion. You mean... Starting on Monday, you'll no longer be a beat cop. You'll be... on mounted patrol. Oh. Protecting Seattle on horseback, galloping through the parks. Get ready for some saddle sores. <sighs> Thanks, I guess. Oh, you didn't think I was gonna make you a detective, did you? Well... <laughs> Are you kidding me? Solves one little case and thinks he's going to be a full-time gumshoe. <laughs> this guy's a regular Milton Borough. <laughs> Sorry, Marty. Well, one step closer at least. Or, you know, one hoof. That's the spirit. Here's to Mounted Patrolman Martin Crane. And his esteemed psychologist partner, Hester Palmer. Cheers. You know, Seattle has started to grow on me. I'm even finding this dingy old bar has its charms, especially with all these festive Christmas decorations. Speaking of, you know you're standing under the mistletoe. Keen eye, patrolman. You know the origin of mistletoe as a symbol of Christmas dates back to... I'm the... sure it's very interesting, but right now the only dates I'm interested in are the ones I want to take you out on. Is that so? You know that starlit walk through Cary Park sounds good right about now. Duke! A bottle of brandy for me and the lady. But before we go, since we're already under the mistletoe... Oh, Martin. Merry Christmas. Mwah. Another case closed. Merry Christmas, Marty and Hester. And Merry Christmas to all of you at home. This has been an NBC Radio production.